0: Welcome back to Unapologetically Black Unicorns. And this week, my guest is me. <laughs> Hello. Actually, I do have another guest. And guess what? It's another tarot card. What is up with these tarot cards? I don't know. But, you know, sometimes I look at the cards mainly for the artwork. I just love the artwork. And it start to tell a story. And I want to share those stories. So going to give my guests a break and even me a little bit of a break and share with you another one of these cards that's been kind of chasing after me and I've been running away from it. And mainly it was because of the images it projected of the images that were on the card and um, how I was reacting to those images. But it turns out the card is the lover's card. Okay, everybody have their moment of giggles and hee hee. And yeah, okay, it is pretty hee hee. But you know, when I first started looking at this card, not not because I necessarily needed to, it's it's one of the cards in the first part of the tarot deck. The images generally portray, you know, two people in love, a man and a woman, or you know, two people who maybe are not gender identified. But definitely it's people who are in some kind of relationship. Even when I have, you know, a few of my decks that have animals, even the animals are like, you know, coupled off and in love. And I'm like, where's my love? I don't have any love. I don't get it. I don't like this card. And it's not that I don't like the card. There are all sorts of ways to represent love. And um, there is another picture that I love in in a deck that's actually of a generations of a family. And I can think of my own family in that way and say, think of love in that way as well. Um, Yet I found out a little bit later, and by the way, you know, I'm not a huge tarot specialist. I don't use them for divination or I don't um, tell other people's kind of like fortune. That's not really what I use them for. I really like them because of the artwork. And it's like having an art museum in your pocket, like, you know, 78 cards and you know, what do they say? Pictures are worth a thousand words. Well, with 78 cards, you have 78,000 words and how many different stories? That's kind of why I like them. So they're a bit entertaining for me. And yes, somewhat informative and help me um, sort of maybe even meditate a little bit on what does the picture mean and why does it have me feeling a certain way like the lover's card? Well, it turns out the lover's card is actually what one would call my birth card or my personality card. Some people might call it a soul card. And, you know, there's ways to figure this out, you know, adding up your birth date. And, um, you know, when you do that, and and I said, Oh, let me try and do this. Let me see if I can figure out what my birth card is. I was like, please, please don't let it be the death card. Um, And again, the death card is not a bad card. When you think about it, it is about metamorphosis change, some things have to die in order, in order for other things to come to fruition. So actually, it's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean a physical death in that way. But Okay, you know, you just kind of don't want the death card (laughs) is you're kind of like that's my card. You also don't want the devil card. It's like, yeah, I don't want that card either. And you know, for a while I wouldn't even have wanted the tower card, which is that massive destruction thing. But you all might have heard my episode about the tower card, and I've actually come to Embrace that card because it has such deep meaning for me. Now that I can recognize it as something that occurred in my life that actually helped me make a seismic shift and do the work that I'm doing today. So actually I have um, embraced that card, me personally. The lover's card, not so much, right? (laughs) So as I'm looking through these different decks and seeing all these people in love and wondering like, really, really, this is so gushy. I can't really get into it. Great for other people. I just don't see it. And I either don't see it because I don't have it, haven't had it. And then I had to ask myself, well, in that sort of not- familial, but other type of relationship. Well, what's going on here? What's going on here? I don't understand. So I finally was looking through this particular um, deck. First, I was looking at, um, at the pictures and I came to the lover's card and I was like, oh my gosh, yes, this is it. I get it. I understand it. Now I know what's going on and I know other people who have gone through similar feelings to have to get to this point. And so let me describe the card a little bit to you. So um, the card pictures a female presenting person who is looking in a mirror, looking at apparently themselves in the mirror. And out of the mirror steps the, the mirror image of the person. And the mirror image is nude. And also the mirror image is holding spoons. And I thought, okay. And at first I didn't even see the spoons. I just had to kind of deal with the fact that here's this clothed person, fully clothed, also standing and, and leaning a bit on a cane, looking in the mirror at this her, herself, technically, or themselves. And the image is coming out nude and giving her kind of a a nice pat on the cheek, like a very affectionate pat on the cheek. And I saw it as self-love, that there's times where the lover's card is about loving yourself and taking that moment to be completely vulnerable. Could you be any more vulnerable in your birthday suit? Really? Like completely vulnerable to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and i'm a person i don't like doing eye contact and i also don't like looking at myself in the mirror so what does all of this mean right and i'm looking at this card going oh my god i need to look at myself in the mirror but really i need to look inside of myself and i need to love myself and i also need to recognize that and i think i do and i think i'm getting better at it On the idea of the spoons and the spoon theory That throughout the day, you only have but so much energy. You only have but so many spoons, as they say. And every activity will take up a number of those spoons. You can't go back and get more. You only have what you have. And that means that not only do you have to learn about yourself and love yourself, but you also have to take care of yourself and manage that energy, manage um, how much you can do and how many spoons you can expend in a day. And the more that I looked at this, the more I recognized, you know, many things in my past that I really struggled with and why, you know, I have like so low self-esteem and you know, sometimes don't love myself. Well, how do you love somebody else if you don't even love yourself? There's this song by the Smiths, not a group I would traditionally listen to, but the lyrics say, I know I'm not lovable. You don't have to tell me. Message received loud and clear but I don't have much in my life, take it, it's yours. And that's kind of how I felt a lot of my life. I use um, actually an image of that in my presentations, because it speaks to kind of what it feels like when you have experienced trauma in your life. And for me at a very young age, something I didn't even remember, my mother had to like, tell me that this had happened uh, much later on in my life. But, you know, when I was very young in kindergarten or first grade, and we moved back to the United States, I was born um, in Germany, as you all know, or maybe you don't know. So I'm telling you, I was born in Germany. Uh, I am an Army brat or a global nomad. My father was in the Army, and we traveled around as a family. And when we returned to the United States from Germany, I was in kindergarten, and I was the only Black um, kid in this class this classroom. And I will say it was the 60s. I won't say when in the 60s. (laughs) I am aging myself. Oh my goodness. But you get where I'm going. I'm the only Black kid in this class. And basically what happened was the teacher was very abusive to me, verbally abusive. um, And I'm understanding physically abusive, um, shaking me quite violently and screaming at me. And I don't even remember this. All I know was I started having a major fear of going to school. My mother couldn't understand it. She didn't know what was going on. Until one day she decided to hang back and see if I would actually go into the school, you know, five-year-old. No, I'm going to skip school. I wouldn't even know what skipping school is as a five-year-old. I wouldn't even know what I would do as a five-year-old to skip school. But at the end of the day, she was concerned. Maybe I wasn't going into the school after she dropped me off. So she sort of hung back and she heard all of this commotion And the commotion was the teacher screaming and yelling at me and screaming at me. And my mother rushed in and she said the shocked look on that teacher, like she almost dropped me to the ground when she saw my mother staring at her and asking her, why are you screaming and shaking my child? And again, this memory, I guess, is so deep and dark and hard and hurtful that even to this day... I don't remember it. I have to go on what my mother told me, but I know, um, as they say, my body keeps the score. And when I am late to things, when I am fearful of entering into a large room, I have this reaction and that reaction is tied back to um, that particular event that my mind doesn't remember, but my body surely does remember it. And also, I think, you know, um, sometimes being the only African American in um, school settings, or even if it's not about being the only African American in school settings, how people perceive and talk about Black folk, and particularly the um, prejudice and discrimination, the police killings, all of that stuff, it starts to wear on you as a person. And you start to have, or I do anyway, start to have these internal feelings of I'm not good enough, you know, that gaslighting sort of stuff. So people who know gaslighting um, also may know this particular feeling. And so, you know, over the years, I think it's become hard for me to love myself. And if I can't love myself, how can I love others? Maybe that's why I look at the pictures of you know people holding hands in the gushy-wushy, and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, um, because I haven't learned enough about myself in order to be able to deeply love myself enough to deeply, deeply love another in that type of committed relationship. So when I saw this card, it all started to make a lot of sense. And this card, I was like, I love, love, love this card. I love this image because it is a reminder that it is possible to love yourself. It is possible to dig deep. It is possible to do that self-care. And then I started to you know, read about the card, um, so that I could understand, you know, a little bit more about the symbology, if you will, of the card. And of course, it's connected to Gemini spirit. I am a Gemini, yes, you know, snap, snap, clap, clap for all the Geminis out there. And you know, the Gemini, which is related to twins, is about sort of duality. And this card, you know, speaks to that too, because it shows two sides of yourself and also that these two sides can be and sometimes need to be reconciled. And boy, was that the truth for me, man. (laughs) I needed to reconcile a few things about myself and take some deep, hard looks in the mirror. And I'm not done yet. I think this is an ongoing process, sort of a life process. Because the more that I'm able and people are able to kind of unite and especially themselves, I think the more harmony you have in your own self and that can kind of eke out into the world. Like um, John Lennon says, um, the love you take is equal to the love you make. So yeah, I'm quoting all of these songs. Um, again, yes, John Lennon. I, I do listen to quite a lot. The Smiths, well, you know, it's just because that song really had deep meaning for me that I talked about earlier. But, um, you know, the lover's card also represents synergy and reciprocity, relationship, and learning from others. And at the end of the day, it's also about choice. And being able to exercise autonomy, which we know is so, so important, especially as people given mental health diagnoses, many times our autonomy is taken away, but autonomy is so critically important. Choice, self-determination, respect, love, all of that stuff is so important, not just symptoms and symptom management. Being in community, being with others, loving oneself, building that self esteem, having that belief in self is so, so important. And so I cherish this card. I really do. And I thought I would share a little bit about that with you all because, you know, sometimes this is about the journey, the journey that we're all taking. And I'm being vulnerable enough to share a little bit more about my journey. And maybe that's why I've been attracted to tarot and oracle cards and and art and and music, because it helps me find that expression. Sometimes I may not have the words or I may not have the image, but I can find it elsewhere. And um, the card that I'm looking at, by the way, I I do want to give credit where credit is due. It is from The Next World Tarot by Christy C. Road. So if you want to look it up, you can look that up. And I want to read something else that... um, uh, you know, she says about this particular card, like how she envisioned the card. And she said, as the universe offers pipe dreams, delusions, and wayward paths, the lovers ask you to embrace an indestructible bond that honors you for you. And I love that. Why did I name unapologetically Black unicorns, unapologetically Black unicorns? So I could also say, you be you. And that's really what it's all about. Finding that space, honoring that space where you can be 1,000% unapologetically you and unapologetically Black Unicorn. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to me today. I really appreciate it. Feel free to subscribe, comment, share, and remember to listen in next week to Unapologetically Black Unicorns.